Okay, hi, Gratiantif to everybody. Welcome. This is Saratova Best. This is a project of Orpanimi. Today is Hey Teves. It's a pretty miraculous day. Um, and I think let's start with um, a little joke. And really with the question that we want to ask ourselves, you know, what is this for us? What is Hey Teves for me? For me, obviously, it's not just about books. We were just talking before about feeling dizzy. Feeling dizzy as we transition from Gullus up to Gaula, everything goes into flux and everything goes into, into change mode. And our question is going to be, as everything's changing, you know, there's a point at which you're no longer an adolescent and then you're no longer a t- teenager and then you're no longer a, a young adult and then you're no longer middle-aged and then you're no longer, you know, an older age, whatever it is, a baby, whatever, uh, now you're, um, you're no longer middle-aged and then you're this and you're that. And so things are always changing. The question is when they're upgrading, how do we react? Do we react with fear or do we react with curiosity looking at the opportunity? Now, the fact that we ask this question now, this is a Tyra question, but the entire world is talking the same talk. I mean, among the normal moral people, <coughs> the world is speaking that speech of how are we going to, this Tyra thought, as we're upgrading from Gullus to Gaula, are we going to react with fear or are we going to react with, as, as, as an opportunity? So I said I actually was going to say a joke. Or many, many things to say about Hey Tavis. Um, recently, um, I was sitting in 770 on Shabbos and I was speaking to a friend, and we came up with an idea. We said, you know what? People here should wear hats. They should wear hats with a red light and a green light on the, on the hat, a little cap. And what would happen is when you turn the green light on, you just press the button. Green light at the top of your head means available for conversation. And red light means I'm either davening, I'm deep in prayer, or I'm conversing with somebody else, and you may not, and you may not notice that I'm conversing with the other person, and so you're going to think I'm green light, available for conversation, and I'm really red light, not available for conversation. And that would, um, if, if everybody wore those hats, we thought it was kind of funny, if everybody wore those hats, then there wouldn't be any bruised feelings of, excuse me, you were speaking to me, and what just happened. So we said... And it was kind of a joke that we were saying this. So we said, let's have a code word and a code song. And it's going to be red light, green light, red, one, two, three. Red light. We used to do that as kids. Red light, green light, one, two, three. Red light, green light, one, two, three. So, you know, it was kind of funny. And nobody's going to wear these hats in shul. And, and uh, the only thing is this, this woman and myself, we, we already used our little technique. So when we feel that people are being mm, silly, in their communication skills, we look at each other and we say red light, green light, one, two, three. Okay, so what does that have to do with Hey Tavis? Clearly, when we're talking about the Geula, there's going to be just before the Geula, either the green light goes on fully or the red light goes on. It's going to be one of the two. So, that's going to be the case. I muted everybody. If somebody wants to make a comment or ask a question, just press star six, please. So 
before the Geula, as we go from Gullus to Geula, we're either going to have the green light fully go on. I mean, go. Go to Geula. Because we spent centuries. We spent all these centuries since Matan since the beginning of time, really, essentially 5,700 and tough pay, 5,780 years. Did I get it right? Yes. 5,780 years we're waiting to come to this moment when, okay, the door open, go. I've already said it in 1991, Yemaisa Mashiach, that we find ourselves in. So the door, so I don't know how many doors there are to this edifice that you open the outside door and then the, in the inside door and then there's another inside door. A few weeks ago when I was helping somebody on Shabbos, visiting somebody on Shabbos in the hospital, I was staying in a place in Pearl Park and we had it all worked out. The woman said, I'm going to leave the outside door open when you come there and the inside has a, has a code, but that one I'm leaving unlocked and the inside inside has a different code and that one you use. Couldn't get in. They locked the wrong door. Couldn't get in. You ever in that situation? I didn't know what to do. Uh, 12 o'clock at night on the streets in Borough Park. How do I get in? Locked the wrong door. So there are lots of doors to get into Gaula, clearly. So one big door was opened up when the Rebbe said in 1991, number one, he gives Mandu the Nevua. Boom. That opened a huge door, which could never be closed again. And then after that, when the Rebbe said that was that door was um, in the summertime, Parsha Shaitim, and then several months later, Yitzchak Kislev, the Rebbe said Yemaisa Mashiach, that we find ourselves in now. So that opened up another door, because we're talking about these multiple doors. Now, before each of those doors could be opened, and of course we want the final door to go into the final Geula. But before either of these two doors were opened, let's go back a bit. We're talking about Tafshin and Aleph, 1991, and then 1992. So in Tafshin, Mem, Vav, and Zion, I guess, and Vav, in some six years before, was the whole story of Hey Tavis. And that was a massive, huge, giant oak door that was very heavy to push open, that really required the whole generation to get together pushing this door open. And we had had all of the mems, all of the 1980s, 80, 81, 82, 83, 84, 85, these years of revolutionary changes as instituted by the Rebbe through us into the world, bringing the world to an incomplete, and a completely different place even to the extent of it finally now being a world that was ready to hear Sheva Mitzvah which it wasn't ready before. So all of these pieces have been put into place and we come to those moments, the, the challenge on this farm began, Yud Beis Thomas, I believe, Tafshin Mem Hay, was it Mem Vav? I, I, I'm not sure, I think Mem Hay, 1985. That challenge was an indication that we had just come to a giant, massive door. That the entire Jewish people would, be, would need to push open together. How did we see that door? That door was expressed, it's expressed as red light, green light, one, two, three. 
excuse me, that door was expressed as red light, green light, one, two, three, meaning is there a red light on Gaula or is there a green light? Do we go? We're, we're, we're after all of those important, the many, many different stages. To go through all the stages, I would spend the whole hour on that. So I'm not going to. But everything that was done in the Dor Hashvi, in this seventh generation, brought us to this point, to this moment, where there is an, a need from above or from below to challenge the red light, green light on Geula. Have we now, after all that Avaida, come to the point where there's a green light on Geula, and you see a door, and there's the green light, and you just press the button. You know when you're in the, the hospital and you press the button and they, you press the, the green light goes on and the door opens. So it, is it that simple? Just picture. Let's picture ourselves standing at that huge door. It's Yud Beis Thomas, and it's, as I believe, Dufshin Mem Hay, 1985-86, and there's the door. And the whole Jewish people are facing that door. We never thought about that door. So there's a button there. So is there a green light or a red light? Green light will say, just go right through the door. And instead of seeing a green light, we saw a red light. How do we know we saw a red light? A red light saying, you cannot go through this door. There is no getting to... Number one, without going through this door, you don't get to go Ula. Okay. Number two, you can't get through the door. You cannot get through the door. You have to get through the door to get to Geula, but you can't get through the door. Red light on Geula. Imagine such a situation. There's only one way to go. Well, maybe I could go on a different route. There's actually no other route to go. Okay, so let's open the door. No, it's it's locked. Well, what would it take to open it? You can't open it. So what's your solution? Nothing, just give up on Mashiach. It was a nice dream for thousands of years. Not every dream has to be fulfilled. That's, in a sense, probably, possibly, the debate that was going on somewhere in the heavenly spheres, maybe. That's the question. Very similar to the debate that was going on at the time of the Alter Rebbe when the Alter Rebbe was in prison and the Baal Shem Tov and the Magid visited him in prison and, and the, the Alter Rebbe asked why he's there in prison and was told because of putting such a green light on Mashiach and Gula through the spreading of the wellsprings of Chosidus such a strong green light caused a reaction above and of course we know that the Alter Rebbe asked and maybe it's proper to stop. And of course we know that the Baal Shem Tov and the Magad said no. Once, once the Altareb has begun, then just it's important to continue. Here comes that door again with, with the red, red light, green light. Many years later, 200 years later. Almost 200 years later. And again, where do we see, how do we know that there was a how do we know that there was this red light, green light? With what do we see? Because, of course, we know that there was a question on the Rebbe's library. And the debate was, 
the debate down here, the legal debate was, do, does the Rebbe's library, does, meaning, does the Rebbe's chassidus, the taira that the Rebbe sends out into the world, does it belong to the Rebbe as an individual or does it belong to Klal Yisrael? Is this a private library or is it a public library? And of course, the opposing side said legally, this is a private library and I happen to be the next in line to inherit this private library. So it actually belongs to me legally. And the Rebbe stood for, this is a public library. And therefore, and it belongs to all of Hasidim, and in truth, to Klal Yisrael, to all Yidden. How many Yidden? All Yidden, past, present, future. This is not a personal library. That was the legal question. Is it a personal library? Or is it not? Why do we find legal questions about libraries important? Because the bigger question that was being asked was, this, if it's a, if it's, if the, the Hasidus that the Rebbe is teaching and the Friedrich Rebbe is teaching is private, that's one thing. If it's public, if it's private, let's face it, if you have a private, a, a safer that belongs to you and it is only for you, if, if your favorite person writes you a very beautiful, very private note, it's supposed to be kept private. It would be highly inappropriate to go to post it on Facebook. A word to the wise. It would be highly inappropriate to to put your private information on Facebook, word to the wise. So, right, because it's not for the public. It's a private thing. There's an energy of intimacy between the two people that is created via that private letter. On the, so it's not appropriate to put it on Facebook. On the other hand, if it was given to you to share with the entire world, it's not appropriate to not put it on Facebook. If someone bought, and I'm thinking, somebody once bought some sperm and said, could you put them in a shul? And it took a long time till we got them into the shul. They need to go into a shul. They're not ours. They need to go and eventually got them into the shul. So, or if somebody gives you money to buy farm for a shoal, so don't use it to buy yourself new boots. It go, it's for the public. Okay, so again, if it's private, it doesn't, if it's a private note between you and someone you're close with, it does not belong on Facebook. If it's a public note that's meant for the world, it has to go on Facebook, and it does not belong sitting on your desk and not going on Facebook because you need to share it with everybody that it's supposed to be for. Because it's theirs. It's not yours. It's theirs. So the fastest way to share it with them is on Instagram or Facebook or whatever it is. 
for me with my brand new website as of last night. Got to share it. Got to share it. What's it called? Listen to the light of Mashiach.com. It's my Hey Tavis project. Listen to the light of Mashiach.com where you, he's got all upload lots of the shiurim that are done. So this is the question, getting back to Hey Tavis. This is the question. The library, it's private or public. The, the, the person um, doing the court case said it's private. The Rebbe, in the name of all of the Rebbeim, of the Alta, in the name of the Alta Rebbe, the, the Middle Rebbe, the Tzemach Tzedek, the Rebbe Marash, the Rebbe Rashad, and the Friedrich Rebbe, said, it's a public library. It's not mine. And it's not even, it's not a private library of the Friedrich Rebbe. And based on their, and sorry, and if it's not a private library of the Friedrich Rebbe, whom does it belong to? It belongs to the whole Jewish world and ultimately for the entire world, past, present, future, everybody. It's, it, it belongs on Facebook. It's not private. I can't keep, keep it sitting on my desk and no one else can come and take it because it belongs to them, not me. And the reasoning was very simple. How can one prove legally that this is a private, li- this is a public library of the Friedrich Rebbe, and it, and again, we're going to see the implications because very simple. A Nasi of Chabad does not have a private aspect to his life, so he can't have a private library if he doesn't have a private identity. And he doesn't have a private part of his life. His life is Hasidim and Hasidus. Then he can't have a private library. There's no, this is mine. There's no word in the lexicon of the Chabad Rebbeim, mine. Mine and not yours. Except for problems. But good things, mine becomes... The Friedrich Rebbe and all the Rebbeim before and the Rebbe, as, the, as Rebbe Tzimchayim Mushka, testified legally in, a, in a, a court of law. Not only do the Sfarim belong to her father and to her husband, her father and her husband belong to Hasidim. They don't have a private life. They don't have a me. This is mine and this is theirs. They are Klal Yisrael. So it's, 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 you can't say, well, but they have their own library. You know, something of your own you have to have. We're used to as people saying, well, something of my own I have to have. People can have most, of, but some. <coughs> and there, 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 there's so many ways to explain it. I'll be chassidus. I want to try to keep it simple. Let's just say in the simple vein, when we're, you know, according to the Parsha, we're looking at, Yehuda approaches Yosef, and, and in the, the Haftira, Yehuda, David, David Hamelach, and Yosef. Yehuda and Yosef. Yehuda, I don't want to say represents, embodies Bittel Haida. There's no me. Bittel Haida means 
Me? What, what does me mean? I don't know what that concept means. Yehuda represents smallness, contraction, bittel, no sense of self, malchus. And, and Yosef represents Yisafa, adding, expansion, fla- blossoming. You can say that those are the two, I don't want to make it too complex, but too complex. Those are the two aspects of, of, of Malchus. Malchus is, on the one hand, it has nothing of its own. It, it's kind of non-existent. It's just a, it's a substanceless um, conduit. Well, it's literally invisible conduit. Invisible. And because it's so invisible, and it's so completely invisible, what shines through it? It's the true power that's behind it, which is Hashem. And so it has, so Malchus, the king, the king, if he's a true king, he, he completely doesn't exist. That's the Yehuda part. The smallness part, the Bittal part. And because he doesn't exist, so who's shining right through him? Hashem. Melech Malchem Lachem HaKadosh Baruch And therefore, he has ultimate power. The king says, stand up, you have to stand up. The king says, sit down, you have to sit down. These are the two aspects of Malchus. I don't want to take it too far, too far off, stream of consciousness, but to bring it all back together. So when we're looking at a library, it's insane. It's, 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 it's ridiculous to say there's a private library belonging to the Friedrich Rebbe because the, the Friedrich Rebbe is the Indian of Yehuda, Haida, Bittel, non-existent. Non-existence. There's no, this is mine and this is yours. And, and therein is the enormous power. We see that with the Rebbe. Who else in, in, in no generation in history did a Nazi come along and say, okay, we're going to conquer Australia and we'll conquer Africa, we'll conquer South America, we'll conquer North America, we'll conquer you know, Asia. We'll, you know, let's just make plans. Okay, I'll... We'll get together, I'll get together with Dishlich, Dishlich, and we'll map out a plan to conquer the world. But conquering the world in a way of pure hoida. Why am I conquering the world? What do you mean? For Hashem. Well, are you going to keep something for yourself? Self? Self. What means self? What do you mean keep something for myself? You know, give away most of the world, conquer the world, good. Okay. Tremendous power, like Alexander the Great. And, 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 and give the world to Hashem. Okay, sure, do it. But keep a, a couple of little islands. Keep one little island where you can have a, a winter resort and then one other island where you can keep a, have a summer resort. You did all this work. So keep a little bit for yourself. By Chab, the Chabad Rebbein. Self? What, what, what does that mean? Self. Not in a way of... In, in the holiest way, in the purest way. There's no self. It's all Hashem. And therein lies the huge power. And again, in a minute, hopefully, we're going to see what this means for us as women when it comes to Hey Tevis. Because for us, this is the, we are the best candidates to step into that same role that the Rebbe had assumed Hey Tevis. There's no self. We already know, but as women... Women are always accused of not thinking of them, themselves, okay? But if we do it right, therein is our ultimate power. 
Therein is our ultimate power. I'm going to stop to tell a joke to make it light. We just want to remember, anybody in the room, remind me what we're, after we tell the joke, what we're going back to. We are going to go back to red light, green light on Gaula. Okay, we're going to go back to red light, green light on Gaula. Okay, I went to a shear last night, and I don't know if she wants me to tell the story publicly, so I won't say her name, but it was, she said, she was in the, in the subway in New York, and there was this um, big guy from the hood, from the hood, who was taunting these two Bahram who were sitting on the subway. And he was really trying to make trouble. And he kept saying, Rabbi, 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 Rabbi. And they tried to ignore him. And he was doing it again and again. And it looked like it could really escalate. And she's a very beautiful, spiritual woman. You know, and I was surprised that she, she said that she did what she did. But she kept hearing it and hearing it. And at some point she just, he was this, this big, big hood thug type of a guy was standing behind her. And he kept saying, rabbis, 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 rabbis. And at some point, she just turned around him and said, enough, enough. I don't want to hear from you anymore. To this big, scary guy. And they're on the subway, they're on the train, right? And, and he said something again. And she said, I don't want to hear anything from you. I've heard enough. Imagine such chutzpah, right? A little, yeah, right, a little delicate Jewish woman you know, non-existent, giving to others. She's very obviously Israel type. And she said, enough. I don't want to hear from you anymore. And then she kind of said, like, I just flew off the handle. And she said, and you're such a fool. I bet you don't even know the seven laws that, that apply to you, the laws of Noah that apply to you, that belong to you, that you should be doing. I bet you don't even know them. And she said, she started screaming them at him. The Sheva Mitzvah Benayach. And he kind of looked, and all of a sudden, when she finished saying the Shemanitzas, he just kind of, I guess the doors opened, and he disappeared. And he ran off the subway. And I think she also got off at the same stop. And she heard him running down the, the stairs saying, I love Jews! I love Jews! I love Jews! I love Jews! <laughs> that an interesting story, right? So here's this Abbas Yisrael, Bitteldick kind of woman, you know, just not about me it's about whatever you need and she's standing up you know with the taika of, of, of you know like in the parsha of Yehuda stands up with a power and says this is the way it's going to be and no other way and she just gives it to him between the eyes everybody else was sitting on the train big people small people male people stronger people kind of not knowing what to do and she just you know I'm going to put him in his place I'm, I'm not going to tolerate this anymore <laughs> so this is the combination of Yehud and Yisuf. When we're not expressing our own needs and our own feelings and our own desires, then what happens is that the Yisuf part of us, the power part of us, just shines right through. And we just operate with a power that we wonder, I did that. If I had to plan it, I would never, I wouldn't let my baby sister do that. Right? I wouldn't let anybody do that. And, 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 and he had a shift, this, not only that, this big scary guy started screaming, I love Jews, I love Jews, I love, I love Jews. So what's that about? So let's go back 
we're running out of time. Let's go back to the red light, green light on Gula. Essentially, when this court case happened, it was essentially saying, red light on Gula. It's over. And how, 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 how was that? Because the individual said, I was at the funeral. I was at the Leviah of the Friedrich Rebbe. And so I understood that at that Leviah in Tafshin Yud in 1950, Lubavitch came to an end. That was the end. After that, it's some new fangled brand of Judaism. But Torah true authentic Judaism, as it was through all the generations, ended at this Leviah in Tafshin Yud of the three of the Gareva. That was the end. Whatever this thing is now that they do, that's not the real thing. I saw he said he was at the Leviah, and that was the end. The end of the line. Well, end of the line means red light. Because what is Chabad about? Mashiach. If it's the end of the line, and we don't see Mashiach, I guess it means that there isn't going to be a Geula Chas Shalom. It ended and prematurely aborted, and it is what it is. You know, do other stuff with your life. Red light on Mashiach. End of the line. And the Rebbe fought with everything that he had to prove that that was not the end of the line. That he his generation and the Friedrich Rebbe's generation are literally one indivisible piece. And he and his father-in-law, the Friedrich Rebbe, are one indivisible piece. Cannot even be separated for a second. And in that, and, and in that indivisibil- indivisibility between the Friedrich Rebbe and the Rebbe, there's another implication. We could spend... 20 hours speaking on implications. That indivisible piece is the, is, is, it's at that juncture of Gullus and Geula. It's at that place, that moment, where is Gullus going to go into Geula or not? So you could say at that moment is the Friedrich Rebbe and the three of the Grebbe's generation, all the way back to the beginning of time, is one box called Gullus. And then the Darhashvi, the seventh generation, all the way forward into the future forever is another box of Geula. And they're hanging on a, a hinge pin at that moment. And not only at that moment in 1950 in Tafshin but these months, in, when the dispute over this farm was happening, and ultimately Hey Tabis of Tufshin Mem Zayin, I guess, this is a, that is the next moment where the hinge pin is visible, the connection between all of Gullus back to the beginning of time and all of Geula into the future. And the question Will will they connect or not? Will they remain connected? On Hey Tavis was answered with a resounding yes. They will remain connected 
and forever. And I'm not sure at which point the Rebbe began speaking about that everyone in this generation has to have eternal life without an interruption. Notice that idea, without an interruption, meaning no disconnect between all of Gullus and all of Gula, not even for a second, without an interruption. You don't even unplug the cord from the, from the wall for a minute and then plug it in again. You never unplug it. There's something crucial that the Rebbe is indicating in this connection between the Friedrich Rebbe's generation going all the way back to the beginning of time and the Rebbe's generation going all the way to the future. There's something crucial in those two pieces being connected without an interruption. And Hey Tavis is the celebration of the fact that, yes, there is no interruption. There might have been a weakening in the Wi-Fi connection that kept the whole thing going in those months when the case of the SARM was going on, but it never disconnected. And Hey Tavis is a testimony to the fact that it cannot ever be disconnected. If an attempt was made, Kedusha won. Kedusha is the only thing that's eternal. Tyra and everything connected to Tyra is the only thing that's eternal. Tyra, truth, the Nasi Adar, the Neshama Vayid, Atmos, the Etamluz, all of that, it's eternal. Hey, Tavis marks that moment when eternity set in, when eternity set in, so to speak. That means Kedusha won. It's green light on Geula. We won. Dida Nata. We won. Who won? Kedusha. Taira. Hashem. The Rebbeim. We won. Remember, Tyra, Kedusha, Rebbeim, it's all synonymous with, it's, the, it's all those things that are eternity, eternal. So not only did Kedusha win, Hashem won, the Rebbeim won, Tyra won, eternity won. It's all one piece. Eternity, Tyra, Kedusha, etc. Eternity won out. Remember the days in, when you studied science, they said entropy <coughs> Entropy is a basic fact of science. Things will always deteriorate and eventually cease to exist. That was science then. Not anymore. It's no longer a true principle. The th- things will always eventually just deteriorate and cease to exist. Eternity took over. Eternity won. meaning it's opening the door for eternal life, eternal healthy life, eternal Tyra, eternal truth, eternal sovereignty of Hashem, eternal sovereignty of the Yid, leadership of the Yid, all of that, plus, plus. And not only eternity of, of every Yid, 
eternity mean being forever, but eternity also meaning no limitations. Meaning everything that we want to achieve that is good is now possible to achieve. Nothing has to stand in the way. And I'm going to sum all this up by just quoting those unbelievable words in this week's Sikha of the Rebbe, which are that in other generations, living this way, standing up, this story that I just told about, you know, on the subway and all of this, standing up with that posture of, you know, looking at the limitations of nature and and saying, "Ah, who cares? We're bigger than that. Or standing up to the nations of the world and saying, we're bigger than you. It was, it was true, but it wasn't a good idea to tell anybody. There were, the political socioeconomic situation was such that you had to be careful how you said it. And the Rebbe said, and that was always true in history. And now, that piece is gone. Now we can do it. Now we have to do it. Stand up to the nations, say the truth, be the teachers, be the light. Stand up to the limitations of nature, laugh in its face and say, you're not fooling me. I'm a Jew. You're a limitation of nature. Honey bunch, you're no match for me. Limitations of nature facing a Jew, a holy Jew. That's a joke. You're not a match. Limitations of nature, you are no longer a match for a holy Jew. And the Rebbe said, the only thing that's left is for the holy Jew himself to figure it out and realize it. As the Rebbe says in his holy Lushan, the ein hadavar toli elur biratsaina of a yid. The entire thing depends on nothing other than the will of a Jew. In other generations, it depended on how safe it was to push that through, how true it was. Today, it's in place. It depends on us laughing at the limitations of nature and becoming the leaders of the world is not blocked in any way. It may look like it's blocked, but in truth it's not blocked anymore. It depends on only one thing now. The will, the rotten of a Jew. That a Jew, a small Jew, a medium, a big, a small girl, a a small woman, a big man, you name it. A holy Jew with a holy soul even if he didn't live his life as perfectly as he thought he should, even if he fell off the wagon, God forbid, all that's remaining is for this holy Jew to realize the truth, that nothing's in his way. The world wants to help him step into his true power. It's green light on Gula. Hey, Tavis is the moment when the green light went on Geula forever. There was no more 
It couldn't be, if anyone ever questioned whether it could be held back, it can't. And every year, Yom HaMe'elin Nasim Nizkarim Benasim, these days are repeated every year and stronger. If this was in the 80s, how many years ago was it? 35, 35 years ago? So how much more so this year in these holy hours we are being asked to be a combination of in the Haftira, Yehuda and Yosef. As it says in the Haftira, take a stick, write on it to Yehuda. Take another stick, write on it to Yosef. Put the two together. And who's on top? Yehuda. The David, David of the Nasilahem La'ilam. And David, my servant, will be their Nasi, their ruler forever. That's Mashiach. Every Jew is being asked now to embody that. To be a combination of Yehuda, total bittel. Me? I don't exist. I'm only here to do what Hashem wants me to do. I don't have anything. I don't have, there's nothing to keep for myself. You know, I'll do what God wants, but I want to keep a little for myself. No way. It doesn't exist anymore. Yehuda, I'm totally, I'm here to express Hashem's will through me. And when I do that and combine it with Yosef, expansion and power I have ultimate power I'm the ruler of the whole civilized world Yosef was the ruler of the whole civilized world who was who he second in command to Paro uh, uh, probably another one of those drunken fools Yosef was the effective ruler of the entire Jew, of the entire civilized world the entire world that's Yosef and Yehuda really the king but with total bittle those two parts are supposed to be, that combination is supposed to be what people see when they look at you. Total bitzel to Hashem, which gives you total power over the entire world if you do it right. Obviously, if we do it wrong, it's not so safe that somebody should have so much power. But if you do it right, the one whom you're doing it for in whose name you're doing it, he is to be trusted. And expressing his power and having him work through us and channel through us in the world is more than just safe. It's what we're here to do. And we can't afford to wait one single second to hold back from doing that. So I just want to wish everybody good yantif, good yantif. We should... Find ourselves in the third base of Migdash immediately now, in the Gulamit Sashlema, together with Mashiach Tzikenu, standing in our true power, uniting with all Jewish women all over the world who have their own unique way of standing in their power. And we should really find ourselves just dancing forever, eternally, in the Gula, on this Hey Tevis, right now. Amen.